Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have our guest, Jeffrey Tambor, the creator of Woven Lightning Approach to Achieving Whole System Leverage, join us. Jeffrey was a fabulous contributor on my last book, and just I'm so excited to share what he's working on with you. Let me give you a little bit of a background on Jeffrey. He has been deeply studying and synthesizing countless systems of personal development, psychology, spirituality, and the healing arts for over 15 years. Dissatisfied with the support that was available to him during his own debilitating depression as a teenager, he was driven to find the most efficient and effective ways to facilitate personal transformation and empowerment for others. He's grateful to have studied closely with many amazing teachers, and his training included a strong emphasis on energetic neurolinguistic programming and somatic trauma resolution. He appears in the documentary, Is Your Story Making You Sick? And as I mentioned, he helped me out with my book, Digital Self Mastery. We'll be hearing a little bit more about that while we talk. He currently resides in Tucson, Arizona, where he lives with his son, who continues to be one of his greatest teachers. He currently helps mission-driven entrepreneurs and companies to achieve whole system leverage for greater impact in the world while thriving in all areas of their lives. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Heidi. Excited to be here. Well, this is so cool. I just have to say, you know, we've we've had our paths have crossed in several different places, and there's just something wonderful about your energy. You're just it's uh, it's been so fun learning from you and working with you. And uh, I'm so excited to share a little bit of you and a little moment with you with the listeners. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how you came into this space of, I mean, yes, you, you talked about depression. And a lot of us, unfortunately, have dealt with that at different stages of our lives. And the support system is pretty lame to be, to, you know, yeah. to be blunt about it. And part of it is also diagnosing. People don't realize they're depressed until after they're coming out of it in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. How did that actually put you on the path of where you are now? Yeah, so it was it was a pretty intense process. I was always a really intense seeker when I was younger, and it ultimately led me to this existential deconstruction of everything as a teenager and hit me into this sort of meaningless, nihilistic void space Um where I deconstructed my whole self, my identity, everything, all the value structures. And it really landed me in this profound sense of no motivation, grief, meaningless depression. And it, uh, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to some different spiritual systems and Zen right around the same time. And so as I was sort of going through that, as I emerged back out, I did so by really engaging and embracing sort of a really holistic, integrated approach. And through everything from different movement and meditation and diet and awareness practices and transformational energetic practices. And I got diehard committed to studying and almost obsessively all these different traditions of transformation, shifting. Like I said, psychology, I studied every spiritual and mystical tradition I could get my hands on, all sorts of personal development and growth and um, dedicated my whole, all of my time to that. 
And it, as I sort of explored that and studied that, it became clearer and clearer that each of them had these incredible pieces to add to the picture. But I wasn't seeing any that felt like they were fully addressing everything I was needing or what I was seeing others were needing. And my, a big part of who I am as a, as a person is I love to synthesize. I love to find the essence, the best of each thing, and then weave it together into something that's even more effective and even more amazing. And so that's sort of, it kind of hit me onto that path where I just really wanted to know, okay, how do we get out of suffering, get into deep, sustainable happiness, not just surface level and well-being, and how do we support others and do the same so we can each really have our impact and make our contribution? Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for going on that journey. I'm curious as I'm listening to you, and of course, this is the scholarly geek in me, you know, about technology. Like, did you, was your journey supported by technology in any way? And, and how so? Yeah, so my relationship to technology was an interesting one, because even though I was, you know, on the early, early side of the millennials, there was still this frame of, I, I always had a natural aversion to, te to technology when I was younger. So even when everyone else was getting smartphones, there was a part of me was like, no, I'm not going to go there yet. And so it was sort of an uphill battle initially, <laughs> you know, as part of me going the other direction. And the more I've sort of opened to and evolved around it, the more I've been able to sort of clear a lot of my other beliefs I had and conditioning I had and the blocks I had to be able to profoundly appreciate the just the incredible opportunity and impact that technology allows for us now. I mean, in terms of as teachers, as practitioners, so much of my, my business now is, is oriented towards and it's happening online. And the amount of people I can reach and connect with and benefit and serve that would never have been possible, you know, in years past. It's just, it, we didn't even, didn't even have those opportunities. Yeah. And so it's, it's been quite a journey coming from like total aversion and judgment to deep, deep appreciation and much more synergistic relationship. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you've made that journey. It's, it's pretty awesome because you do have incredible reach and, and what you're, the, what you're doing is, is so needed. So I'm, I'm thankful that you have that reach. And you have some really interesting mentors that you've worked with. I think I met, uh, I met a couple of them actually the last time we met. And part of that was in sort of the business side of it. And the other part was more in the spiritual side of it. So I'm kind of curious how those things overlapped for you and, you know, where that support system really gelled in the, in the best way. Yeah. And, and that was a fascinating piece for me too, because just like I had this split between technology and spirituality that I see so often with people uh, and my inner work, I also have this major split, which is not uncommon to see in entrepreneurs and businesses of our spirituality and our inner work and our psychology and our personal growth with business and with marketing. And so that integration over the last few years of really seeing how inseparable they are, how it's all part of that same mission, all part of that deep commitment to be of service and benefit and contribute to the world. And so one of my major mentors who's actually become a collaborator and is one of my business partners, Art Geyser, who developed energetic NLP, neurolinguistic programming, which is an amazing body of work also. Uh, he's one of the ones who's really helped shift and influence a lot of my work and, and how Woven Lightning has developed. And that is then also integrated with one of my other mentors, Lisa Sassovich, and was also one of your mentors. And in integrating and seeing how how much we need both that outer tactics and strategy in the business and the inner game, you know, that mindset place. And, and in my experience, way beyond just mindset work, 
You know, there's so much else in the picture that can either propel us forward into greater abundance, greater well-being in all areas of our life and impact, or totally hold us back and stop us from really giving our gifts to the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it is that sort of that beautiful balance between the two. You can't have one without the other. No. And yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. And we've had some wonderful conversations about that same space where it's sort of the technology in business and technology and mindfulness and just sort of where do all these pieces come together in terms of having that conscious relationship with all of those different pieces. And for those of you who have not read my book, Digital Self-Mastery, Jeff was very instrumental in supporting me in the chapter where we were talking about being at peace with your technology. And I just loved, um, just, you were really inspiring for me in that I was sort of holding back from that, that chapter. It was part that I, I knew needed to be written, but I was so afraid of, I don't know if afraid, but I was I was hesitant to introduce the woo-woo factor, if you will, to something that people think of as so concrete and, and structured and, you know, it needs to be theoretical and this and that. And what I've found is that that's the part that a lot of people go, wow, you know, I didn't look at it that way before. The other stuff I get, it's logical, it makes sense to me, but I haven't looked at this other piece yet. And so it was, it was really fun to figure out in our bouncing back and forth a way to integrate that chapter without being too woo woo. Um, but being enough into that, that it takes people out of their comfort zone to a place where they're learning. I'm just curious if you're willing to share with our listeners about what inspired you to reach out to me about that? Because you you told me the story, but I think they would really enjoy it too. Sure, sure. So the, to get there, I need to rewind in the story a little bit. So for years, I was really reflecting on this whole piece of we need to have a more conscious relationship to technology because it felt like we had so much of just this either addiction or aversion. I mean, so much of what your work is about. So when I saw what you were doing, I was like, woohoo, this is phenomenal. <laughs> I was like, so needed. Thank you. Um, and the more I sat with that, eventually, as I was working with looking at the relationship to technology, this other frame, this other paradigm or perspective started coming. And because I've studied a lot of different traditions and different models, one of the things that you've, I've come across is this, this frame on that in, a lot of indigenous cultures have, where they look at plants and animals and stones and everything as their relations. And they're in different languages, they're different versions of it, but they're one of the common expressions is to all my relations. And it actually will go so far as to talk about the, you know, the plant nations and the animal nations and tribes and the stone people, <laughs> you know, like really acknowledging the consciousness and the, and the energy of these different aspects of life as not just inanimate, as not just objective material objects. And it's one of the aspects of really feeling the interdependence with all life, Right. And our Western modern culture up until recently had pendulum swing very far into that material objectification of anything that wasn't overtly sentient, right? And the, interestingly, and I'm no expert in quantum physics, but the, what I have studied about quantum physics and quantum, like a lot of that new science, is that a lot of the consciousness, energy, and matter isn't separate. It can't be separate. Mm-hmm. You can't that anything that is matter and energy has is interdependent with consciousness. And it, a lot of those models actually 
are seeming to start back to support a lot of what these original mystical traditions and or indigenous people spoke to and referenced. And I thought it was also interesting that this kind of model, this way of relating to the world of the different nations and tribes showed up all over the world independently. Like, in all different continents, way before any kind of intercontinental travel was available. You had, you had mystics or shamans or people in those traditions who were having that experience and were having those models and ways of relating to it. So and that being part of my background, something I'd studied at one point, I was, I want to say I was meditating and I was sitting with, I had my phone next to me and my computer in front of me at the desk. And I was looking at it and suddenly it hit me that Okay, it's not, you know, so yes, the stones, the plants, and the animals, but that our technology itself isn't also separate from consciousness. It actually, in its own right, is its own kind of consciousness, its own kind of being almost. Um, and that was sort of like, it rocked my world for a little bit because it was, you're, you know, you're always saying we need to have a more conscious relationship to technology, but I wasn't really relating to it as these are actually beings almost in their own right, in the same way that plants. And, and interestingly so, because there's sort of this fusion Right, they've got all these elemental properties of you know crystal and precious metals and other things like that that are part of what plastics that make them up. But then they're also imbued with human consciousness through our programming, our own coding language, you know, our own intention and understanding. So they're these fascinating hybrids, <laughs> and um, and we're so relational with them. We're dependent on them for so much. <laughs> for some of us, as sad as it would be, it's not sad. It's just interesting. Our, you know, our smartphones or other things are one of our closest relationships. We interact with them in terms of attention and time as much or more than almost anything else. Probably more. Probably more, right. And, and, not, and they're this incredible interface. Mm-hmm. And so the more I got that, the, and if I'm really was starting to open to and feeling them as not just inanimate objects that we can you know, demand that they serve us and essentially get frustrated at them whenever they're not operating at peak performance... I started really open to the idea of them as beings and what would it be like if I could acknowledge and appreciate the consciousness of my technology. And when I opened to that, I actually started feeling them and almost getting different responses from them, (laughs) which was, which was a trip. And one of the things I've found, and this is something I found with a lot of other people who do inner work and other transformational work over technology, whether it be through Skype or zoom uh, or other platforms is when you're doing inner work with people, and as you're making a big shift or when you hit inner big resistance, a lot of the time the technology will start glitching out. Zoom or Skype will freeze or something right at the moments when big energies are shifting. Yeah. And, and so seeing how interdependent, again, with our consciousness and energy, all of this seems to be and has experienced to be. And so the more I got this, the more I got, wow, we are wildly out of integrity in our relationship with these technology beings, with you know the technology nations, if you will, like the stone nations or plant nations. And when I opened to that, there was this deep sadness around it because when you, if you, if you were to assume that frame, just pretend as if, if that was the case, whether it really resonates for people yet or not, um, we treat them functionally like slaves that we barely, you know, we don't really acknowledge or appreciate. We use until they crash out. And if they don't perform exactly as we want to, often are we willing to you know, yell at them, <laughs> unleash at them, all sorts of other stuff, right? Or we're afraid of them. And so, and so this piece of when I really started opening to appreciating and honoring them in that way, and I, it sounds a little out there, but I even went so far as to name my computer and my phone. So it's, it's like Nexus. 
Fantastic. Hey, we've been naming cars for years, cars right. and boats. Why not name oh, your phone? Why not name your phone and your computer, right? Like, and other, it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because the more I would do that, the more effective they would actually work for me, the less they would glitch out. And when they did glitch or when something was going on, it almost always would end up giving me a message in the process. I think you and I, the very first time we were on a call, something glitched out of the <laughs> Yeah, we were trying to figure out a name for the chapter. And clearly right. the first selection was not okay. Right. <laughs> it did not like that name. That's okay. We switched. And he was happy. And then it was happy. But it was amazing how immediately that kind of came up. And so as this whole insight was opening up for me, one day I was sort of meditating on and reflecting on this whole relationship to these technology beings. And I sort of was in the frame of, I don't think this is mine to necessarily run with it, bring to the world, but it was like, but it needs to be brought into more awareness because it's a whole, if this is true, it's a whole category of beings that we're out of integrity with relation and that we're wildly interdependent. Our entire society depends on technology working the way it does or we crash out. Yeah. Now, that would be an important relationship to be in integrity around. Yeah. That's Right. And so the more I got that, the more I kept getting this sense from them and just within myself of, I need to find someone who can actually, who's in this field, who can reach that. And at one point I was meditating with them and they started, or I got this sense of like contact Heidi. <laughs> and I knew a few months earlier and I got a little bit of sense of your work. And the, the conversation we had, I was like, I think I'm supposed to go there. And you know, you've got a very also hard science background, <laughs> you know, and, and as well as the sociology and that piece. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to fly. And I reached out and we shared and, and you were open to it, engaged and interested. And so it was a very interesting, yeah, very interesting. You know, it's it's great stuff. And I think that there's something really magical about the the, the blending of the two sort of ways of thinking. And, and they're not necessarily so diverse. Maybe it doesn't like that because I just got an unstable. <laughs> it just went unstable. It didn't like me saying that. Um, I think I'm even going to keep that in there just to, you know, just to explain. So maybe it wasn't totally at peace with being either technical or, <laughs> or on the consciousness side. But there was something magical about the way that putting those two pieces together so that they can be relatable for different audiences. Because... Since the book has come out and since our conversation, I've shared sort of different approaches to that based on our conversation in ways that depending on the audience, it's sort of you can go a little deeper into the, you know, the consciousness side or you can go a little bit more into the, you know, be kind to your phone. That's usually an easy, you know, if you take care of things, then they usually last longer. That's an easy way to sort of entry point into it. But building a gratitude practice is the part that I've really tried to emphasize no matter who the audience is. And there's something that's really well received about that, because whether you can come to the place of recognizing technology as a sentient being or not, we can all, we all understand gratitude and we all understand what it means to just be appreciative of, you know, how th people, things, anything, you know, whether it's a special place that you sit in nature that has a nice view and how that makes you feel, that doesn't necessarily need to be considered a sentient thing, but you recognize the, the benefit of being grateful for that. And so it's an easier entry point for them without 
getting them into thinking about consciousness, even though they are, but you're not phrasing it that way. Mm. And it's, I think it's been, um, it's been fun to try to bring those two pieces together, even to audiences that may, you know, it, for some it's way out there. Right. And there's others that are like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Like that's actually kind of cool. And I, I love the fact that you that you're helping to bring at different degrees this work to like this aspect to all these different audiences, and it's amazing. And I, like you said, I think whether or not because so much of your work is about the relationship to technology, right? Regardless, like you're saying, of whether it actually is or isn't sentient, whether you believe that or not, and obviously I, you know, we talk about where we sit with it at this point. Yeah. Um, it it's still if you take that frame, even if you just take that as a model. It's going to support you having a more harmonious relationship. Whether or not it is or isn't true, mm -hmm. it will support that relationship being more harmonious, smoother, uh, being more respectful, or to, you know, being more appreciative of it. And just, yeah, having a more harmonious relationship with something that's so fundamental to our life. Well, exactly. And I think, that, you know, just getting people to get that switch in mindset of recognizing that there is a relationship. You know, and that just like any other relationship that can have conflict or can have joy, can have, you know, sort of celebration and can have major headaches, chaos, you know, it, it's all in how you manage that relationship. And, and, and if you do it on a more conscious level, regardless of whether you're thinking about it as conscious or not, whether you're just being more mindful of how you engage with it, that mm -hmm. it, you know, you get a much better output. You get a much, and you come away from it feeling more gratified and engaged. Like before we, you know, we were in the sort of the green room space before talking, we were, um, I was saying how, you know, I've just been, because of starting this podcast, I've had to add many different other levels of technology in my work that, you know, I mean, I, I love technology. So normally it would be, okay, great, you know, more things to test and, but it is more cables, it's more chaos, and it's learning new things constantly. But I think because my work is making me that much more, I'm constantly reminded to practice what I preach mm -hmm. of being more conscious in my relationship with technology, doing everything from shutting everything down at night so it has a chance to rest and reboot, and, and just so I have a chance to rest and reboot because I don't hear the humming of the computer in the other room. That's a practical aspect of it. But it also, you know, I sleep deeper, the computer has a chance to fully rest, and, you know, when we come back together, we're rested, revived, and ready, right. and it's like to work together, as opposed to starting the relationship in a resentful state. Mm -hmm. It's really made my relationship more peaceful and fluid, despite being lots of new technologies, which uh, could right. be kind of chaos. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> as, as new relationships sometimes can be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And it's interesting because one of the things I've watched is as I've sort of modeled this, come into this new relationship with technology in that way, um, including, like we said, actively appreciating and, you know, <laughs> just like some people talk to their plants, I'll talk to my technology. <laughs> so giving it that, that appreciation and love. So my, my son has seen me do that. He's actually, who's eight, he actually started taking it up. So if, if the, Computer is, is buffering or it's going slower, you know, and it's, we call it Talus for sure. Like, it's okay, Talus. Like, it, he'll actually be more patient. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. You're teaching him that early. Yeah. So he's more patient with it. He'll be like, it's okay, Talus. You can do it. <laughs> like, or he'll just 
is, you know, it's just more relational. Yeah. And there's more appreciation. There's more patience. And so it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting frame seeing how it integrates. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. So on the concept of talking to your devices or giving them names, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Siri and Alexa and my Alexa on my desk just lit up. It's saying, give me a cue. See, <laughs> we'll see if it responds back. Um, it, mm-hmm. it did. It just went, <laughs> here we're given their, they're decide in defined names and, but they're run by algorithms. Mm-hmm. Do you, what's your personal feeling on how that impacts our relationship with them? If it's sort of a prescribed relationship rather than, one that's sort of organic. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, for a few things, a few reasons, that's, that's, that's a fascinating conversation that we could open all these different doors around us. And I, I may open a number of them, but it's, you know, it's very fun. Partially because it's, I mean, all of our relationship with technology is going to be interactive, right? But part of those is all ultimately about having that much more of a simulated anthropomorphic human relational experience, right? And... On one hand, it's prescribed, but most of our relationships on one hand are prescribed in the sense that there's all this programming, Mm -hmm. right? We all have, even psychologically, we have all this psychological unconscious programming conditioning that conditions most of our relationships in there, both human to human and otherwise. And so when I put it in that context, I think there's there's a lot of that. It's funny talking about, one of the things I reflected on is this whole idea of AI and algorithms and where... At what point does it actually cease being cease being just a purely reactive algorithm versus actually transitioning into AI? Mm. That is a fascinating piece because so much of our own unconscious could just be seen as these incredibly intricate algorithms, right? <laughs> that it's not so much that there's this big like new development as much as we're able to take in, synthesize, and then respond and react in all sorts of incredible ways. So this question and frame of how are those technologies reacting? How are they responding? How much of its algorithm? It's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating whole. Yeah. When somebody says, how are you? And you say, fine, thanks. Is that right. really like, mm-hmm. and you're or, not. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's right. that very top level. And then there's just so That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> right. There's that. And it's just how many of our values and priorities are conditioned in and programmed mm-hmm. in our ways of operating or what we got saw modeled and yeah there's all these aspects of it so there, there may be less difference between us than it initially appears on some level i don't know whether that's a scary thing or a good thing as you're no, saying no, no, I, you can operate less from programming that is possible will help them be more authentic less just programmed in that respect absolutely uh, so it is interesting but in terms of prescribed versus organic i think a lot of it goes back to this what we make of that relationship because we're going to project onto it all manner of different things. Everyone projects onto their Siri or Alexa, all their various relationships to Google, to Apple. So, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's interesting to look at what's learned for me. How am I relating to it? How am I feeling about it? And how do I want to step into that relationship? Well, you know, you're making me think of when Siri first came out on the iPhones, and I remember my kids sitting in the back seat of the car with Siri, having these extensive conversations with Siri. 
Right. You know, and to the point where, you know, they'd be yelling at, they thought it was so funny to insult Siri. And then she would come back and say, that's not a very nice thing to say. Or like, you know, they, she had all these different comebacks, but it was, they had this incredible dynamic relationship conversation Mm -hmm. with their phones because it was all of a sudden they had this thing that could talk back to them. I don't think they do that anymore. At least I haven't heard them doing it recently. It's probably become sort of so, you know, I mean, they still use Siri, but they use it as a functional piece rather right. than having a conversation. It's not a novel sort right. of boredom. Let's have a conversation with Siri and tell her that she's ugly. You right. know, <laughs> See what she says. But yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating. It, I, I love your, your point there. Now, we spoke a little bit earlier before we came on. You have done some really amazing work. And I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this for people that aren't necessarily in the same space that you are. Because for me, it was, it's been learning a whole new language of understanding what a download means, for example. For me, it was a very new experience uh, within this space to understand what a download was outside of technology download. So instead of me trying to explain what it is, I think it would be great if you could, because you're, you're better at, it's what you do. So, um, I would be too much of a filter, but what I will preface it with is that this is something that you've, you know, you're trying to teach me, but me and my scientific brain, it's, I don't do it nearly as well as you. So I've, I've asked Jeff to share this with you all today because I think it's a really powerful tool and, This is something that all of us could use on a regular basis, and it's just a quick way to shift what's going on in our relationship with technology. And so I will let, I will pass it over to you, Jeff, because I think this is, this is your shtick, but not mine. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Heidi. Um, So I will, let me just give a little bit of sort of lead up in terms of some basic principles or frames. So what we're going to do here in a moment is we're going to do a process that allows, that sort of taps into your unconscious mind, the part of you that isn't just your conscious analytical forebrain that knows sort of what's going on because so much of our system, so much of our, our behavior, our thoughts, our reactions aren't actually coming from our conscious mind. They're coming at very least from our unconscious, if not from other aspects of our whole body and system. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to do a process that allows you to connect with this deeper unconscious inner wisdom and for that inner wisdom to go through and help clear and shift unconscious programming and beliefs that tend to jam up whatever it is where you're trying to do. So in this case, what we're going to do is we're going to help give a structure for your inner wisdom to connect and start clearing limiting beliefs, old conditioning and programming about your relationship to technology. So as you're going through this whole shift that Heidi is taking everyone through with digital self-mastery and helping to really cognitively and consciously transform how you relate to technology, this will help work with the unconscious mind part of it so that you're more congruent. So that even when you're going, yes, I want to relate to technology in this way now, I don't want to do it that old way. This will help clear and clear up your unconscious mind so that it can get fully on board so that what you're trying to do consciously is a lot easier. So it's not like driving with the brakes on and the emergency brakes on and a boot on your car at the same time. <laughs> so it's to get you more congruent. So in this kind of work that we're going to introduce now, and this is actually a process that comes out of energetic NLP. We're doing sort of a modification. And so 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to frame it in the context of technology, seeing as that's <laughs> the field we're playing and working with right now. And one of the things that we're doing in our shift kind of work is we use a lot of metaphor and symbolism because it's sort of the language of the unconscious mind. You know, so we tend to dream in metaphor and symbol. We tend to, you know, think in a lot of other aspects metaphorically when it's tapping into our unconscious. A lot of other different transformational spiritual systems used a lot of symbol and metaphor. Our mythology and fairy tales did because it's the language of our unconscious. Our unconscious goes, oh yeah, I get that. I can work. And so we're going to use that same principle here. So I'm going to have you do is take a moment and close your eyes or keep them open if you're more relaxed that way. And just take a couple of deep breaths. And I'm going to invite you to just have the intention for your inner wisdom. Again, everyone has one in this frame. So regardless of how wise or unwise you may feel, trust that everyone's unconscious mind has a deeper inner wisdom within you that has the capacity to know what can shift, what needs to shift to support you and moving in a really good direction. And so we're actually going to be harnessing and helping you connect that inner wisdom to support you making these shifts without getting bogged down cognitively in all the details consciously. Because if you were trying to consciously evaluate all the unconscious beliefs and programming that would need to shift, you'd be there forever. <laughs> it, would, it would be a very slow, ineffective, inefficient process of transformation. And so thankfully, we're going to put your inner wisdom fully in charge of that, that knows what needs to clear and shift and how. So that's what we're putting in charge. So just take a moment and whether you sense this, don't sense it, if you're just pretending, it all works. Just have the intention. Be playful with this. I know it may sound you know, counterintuitive, but the more playful and relaxed you are, the less efforting you make of this, the more powerful it will be. If you're really efforting and trying and being very serious about it, our unconscious tends to get very serious and kind of <laughs> locks up. So, Whereas if you approach it kind of like a game, maybe like a, a computer game, <laughs> or sort of in a more playful, light way, and sort of a, having an intention and then allowing, it will be a lot smoother, a lot more effective. So just approach all this from a place of intention and allowing, playful, light, no efforting, and just feel free to play with that. Okay, so from that frame, have the intention. We're going to allow your inner wisdom to be fully guiding everything we're doing here today. So just take a breath, have that intention, give full permission for that to be happening. Not what I think needs to clear or shift or what your conscious mind needs to shift. Your inner wisdom knows what to pick. Okay, great. So now imagine in front of you a big computer screen. And you don't actually have to see it. If you actually see it, that's fine. If you're just pretending it's there, that's fine. If you're sort of feeling it, it all works. It's more about the intention than actually visualizing it. I'll describe it as a visualization, but you don't actually have to see it. It's just the intention. So again, have the intention, pretend there's this big computer screen in front of you. And this computer screen is actually almost like a screen to your own unconscious mind. And imagine just like on your computer, you've got all these different apps, you've got all these programs, all these different files and information all over there. So just like when you're getting, when you're hiring someone to come in and adjust and shift programming or clean up your computer, you can do sort of like a remote access piece for permission where you'll say, yeah, do we have permission to give remote access? A little screen will pop up. You click yes and give permission. And then miraculously, the tech can start moving the mouse around your computer and doing all sorts of things to sort of clean up and reorganize and optimize your, your computer. And so take a moment and imagine that that same little opt-in uh, screen can come up on your screen and go, do you give your inner wisdom full permission to direct this cleanup process? And just click, yes, I do. And then when you do that, your inner wisdom now can go and 
will start going through. Just like if you were having a tech do it, you're not controlling it. You're just like, oh, that's interesting. You're watching. And now your inner wisdom is going through and is going through all your files, which include your unconscious beliefs, your conscious beliefs, your programming, your conditioning, old patterns. And any of those patterns, beliefs, or programming that your inner wisdom knows aren't serving you anymore. That knows, yeah, these need to be clear. These are outdated. These are old programs. These are like seven years ago, 20-year-ago models. we got to get this updated. So all of those get, re- get sent to the recycling or the trash where they get deleted. And they're automatically replaced by your inner wisdom with current updated information. Information that is your authentic inner wisdom that knows is going to best support you and what you're actually up to now. And in this context, specifically in your relationship to technology, you can use this same technique for anything, for shifting your relationship to anything. But for now, your inner wisdom is helping to clear beliefs and programming and files that are old limiting patterns around your relationship to technology. So just have that intention and watch as your inner wisdom is going through the screen, <laughs> deleting files and is going through and deleting old programs and apps that aren't serving. And then just give permission to let that be rolling in the background. Just sitting back, maybe having a cup of tea, watching the tech work. Have fun with it. And then also, as they're clearing beliefs and programming and filing, as those are being deleted and going to the trash or recycling, it's also going through your apps. And sometimes our different apps or programs have, are just outdated. It's like, well, you need to install the updates, right? So imagine your inner wisdom is going through and installing updates and bringing different operating systems and programs up to current time specs. And so again, it's a metaphor and symbolism. Allow your inner wisdom to do that. And it's going through and just it's going through updating those. And just breathe and relax. Let your inner wisdom and unconscious mind take care of it. So it's clearing and deleting files and programming. It's updating. And then the last piece we're going to do here, and you can always come back to this because there's always more layers. This is like the never-ending onion game. <laughs> so you know, we can always clear more limiting beliefs and programming and get more aligned with our authentic inner wisdom. So the other piece is, just like on your computer, you have overarching operating systems, right? in addition to your specific programs and files. So often our operating systems get out of date and we need to install updates, right? So allow, if you want, give full permission for your inner wisdom to go through and update your whole operating system, especially as it relates to your relationship to technology. And just breathe, give permission for that. Your inner wisdom will start going through that on the screen. You don't have to know how it's doing that. Just know that it's doing that. Use the metaphor. Have fun with it. Breathe. And you may notice different things. You may feel things in your body. Different thoughts may arise. Whatever's rolling through is fine. Just sort of notice and allow whatever's arising. As, a, as your unconscious and your body shifts, different things can arise. And know that just like with your computer, when, once your tech is doing this kind of work, it sometimes takes some time to install and fully integrate. And so the process is already initiated. At this point, it'll probably keep rolling through tonight and maybe over the next few days after you've listened to it. And again, this process works anytime you go through it, including if you're hearing this on a recording, you can just sort of take yourself through this process and we'll go through deleting what's holding you back and uninstalling updates and bringing you up to current time. And it'll be gently integrating over the next few days so that your whole operating system and your relationship to technology is more up to specs, more up to current time, and is really going to be operating optimally. So that all these incredible reframes you're getting from Heidi and digital self-mastery can more fully integrate 
naturally, automatically, without all this unconscious resistance from old beliefs, conditioning, and programming. Nice. Thank you so much, Steph. I think that was quite a gift for our listeners and for me. I always love to hear it, so I'm happy to hear it again. And, um, yeah, I think I have a funny feeling that one's going to be a popular one to re, uh, to revisit. So, um, I'll have to make sure that I make note of the, uh, the timestamp on that. <laughs> anyway. So wonderful to experience your work and to hear more about what you do. And I just want, I want our listeners to be able to really find you if they're interested in hearing more about your work at Woven, Woven Lightning. So can you tell, how do they find you? Yeah. So they can come visit me on my website at wovenlightning.com. That's W-O-V-E-N-L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-G, like lightning striking, Woven Lightning. Dot com. And if you find me there, we'll have free content on our website that can help them take this transformation further. We'll have an opportunity if they want to, they can actually sign up to see if to um, have a free sort of discovery session with me if they're sort of interested about this work and wanting to maybe take it further, where they can find out how to go about doing that. And yeah, and then they can also check us out on Facebook. And our Facebook page is Woven Lightning, two words, W-O-V-E-N-L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N. We've got lots of the great processes and practices and teachings that we're sort of posting on a regular basis to support people in their transformation and taking their life and their mission impact to the next level. Awesome. So, yeah. And and for all of you who are listening, don't worry about writing it down. It will be in the show notes with the links. So if you're driving, please don't grab a pen and try to write it down right now, or, or you can you will be able to go get it off the show notes. <laughs> And um, there will be information there of how you can contact Jeff and learn more about his work. And we look forward to having him back because I think that there's going to be a lot more that we can do and great conversations that we can have once people have played around with this a little bit. So I think there, there's opportunities even to come into the uh, Digital Self Mastery uh, Facebook group and you know tell us your experience and, and tell us how, how it was to go through that uh, you what would you would you call that a download or would you call that a meditation? I'm not quite sure the language that we use for that. Right, that one's less of a download. That one's more of a uh, I would call that like a system cleanup and <laughs> update. <laughs> a system update. I like that. Okay, so if you want to if you want to share your experience on the system update from Jeff, then we would love to hear from you. Hear how it's working for you and all of that. So. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff, and yeah. it's been such a treat. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. And don't forget to subscribe, to rate, review, and share the show. We'd love to share the love. And check us out on the Digital Self Mastery Facebook group and continue the conversation. We look forward to next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for the Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self-spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self-Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.